0: Thank you for joining us on The Skeptic Psychic. Where we delve into ancient societies, ghosts, the paranormal, UFOs, all looking at it from the perspective of the true believer and from the skeptic perspective. Joining me, my partner, my co-host, my sibling, Kimber Rodriguez. Myself, I am Richard Gregg. And again, let's look into... Being the Skeptic Psychic. Hi, how you guys doing? Welcome again to the Skeptic Psychic. I'm um, of course Richard. You're a uh, nice host, and with me is my wonderful, talented, and very friendly. Trust me, I know my sister, Kendra Rod- Rodriguez. Hey, how's it going this week? Pretty well. What happened to our opening segment? There, it just went from the little uh, startup music to basically going to us.
1: Yeah, usually it takes a couple of like so many seconds. But did I forget to do the whole thank you for joining? Yes. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I was checking Jackie's page to make sure everything is working properly.
0: So hi, (laughs) hi. So who do we have with us tonight, Kim?
1: Okay, we have my good friend Jackie from Learn About Ghosts, and you want to tell us a little bit about you?
2: Oh, I get to start.
1: <laughs> yes, <man.
2: laughs> Welcome. Thank you, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's um, I'm looking forward to this, and it's um, going to be fun. <laughs> um, I don't know. Where would you like me to start? I, I don't know what to say.
1: <laughs> well, how did you get into the paranormal to start with?
2: Um, it's kind of always been a part of my life. My families on both sides, both my mom's side and my dad's side, everybody pretty much has a paranormal story of some kind or some sort of an odd gift. And I just kind of grew up listening to it. Um, I started having paranormal experiences when I was very young. And so by the time I got into my twenties, I kind of just started getting really curious and wondering, you know, what's wrong with me? I'm some kind of a weirdo. And, um so i began reading a lot of books and just sort of trying to figure out um what this ability i have is and along the way i ended up meeting a couple of people who were instrumental in sort of pointing me in the direction of going down this paranormal road and trying to use my experiences as a way to help <laughs> others with or. With any kind of information that I can give them based on my experiences.
1: So was it that you were just um, like living in a haunted house or was it that you were actually able to see and feel things that other people didn't seem to to notice?
2: Yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, so I don't remember it, but my mom had t- told me the story several times My very first paranormal experience, I was about two years old. And it was actually my mom's experience, and I happened to validate it for her as a child. And then throughout my childhood, just growing up, um, just every once in a while, I would have an experience. Um, I probably didn't live in a haunted house until I think I was about 21 years old um, when I moved out and I was living in a little... um, a little duplex that turned out to be haunted and other than that i just sort of had experiences sort of throughout my life wherever i was
0: interesting i can also say to that fact well although uh every house that i was living with uh my mother was haunted what didn't care if it was the the house that i was pretty much uh born uh, to the house that we lived in for about ten years or so, mm-hmm. uh, to the trailer we lived in for two, up to the other house my mother uh, still lives in, every single one of them was haunted. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a fact of uh, every uh, everybody who came over to the house or even family members would say, "Man, this is a pretty freaky little house."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We definitely grew up with a lot of interesting experiences in the houses we grew up in. and then um, Richard also has been able to sense things that other people haven't sensed growing up and
0: Ooh. so and have my mother verify what, what I was sensing, you know.
1: And nice. I would
0: uh, like you trying to figure out is there something wrong with me, you know throughout my life, you know, yeah, I mean, it, yeah,
2: I, I get that. <laughs> I thought everybody's was like mine. <laughs> I thought everybody had paranormal experiences growing up and it didn't take long before I figured out that, Oh, okay. Um, no, that's just me. <laughs> What's wrong with me?
1: Yes. But, uh, so your first paranormal uh, experience was when you were two, or at least that you can remember.
2: Um, I don't really remember it, but yeah, I was about that age. Mm-hmm. And, um, So my mother was born and raised in Central America, in Nicaragua, and after I was born, we took a trip down there so that my grandmother and mom's side of the family could meet me. And then we came back up to the United States, and about a year and a half, two years later, we took a second trip when my brother was born so that the family could meet him. And while we were staying down there, um, my family had this plantation. It was a coffee plantation, and it was pretty big. And so, um, I guess at the time, we were, my mother and my brother and I were like sleeping in the living room because I remember my mom saying that they had dragged a crib in for me and I think one for my brother as well. And mm-hmm. so she was sleeping on the couch and she woke up in the middle of the night to what sounded like a herd of horses running past the front door. And she said, I could hear their hoofbeats, I could hear them neighing, I could hear just wow. this big commotion. It was these horses. And she said that she thought it was really odd because there weren't any horses on the plantation. And so she got up and she went to go open the door. She said she opened the door and she looked out down the stairs off the porch and there was nothing there, but it was there as a bell. She could hear all these horses running by and about the time it took her to sort of go, what's going on here? My dreaming. All of a sudden she said that she heard me behind her and I said, something along the lines I think I said caballos mommy caballos which means horses mommy horses in Spanish Mm -hmm. and she turned around and said that I was standing up in the corner of my crib facing her towards the door and pointing at the door and so she realized then that what she was hearing was real because I apparently was hearing it as well so I don't remember I was too young (laughs) but that was the first one I ever
1: had (laughs) that is amazing yeah um
0: well at say it, it it kind of reminds me of those ghost riders in the sky. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was um, so I'm trying to think, because I know like the Mayans and the Aztecs were in Mexico, so I'm trying to think like in Nicaragua.
0: It would be the the Mayan or the uh, uh, Toltecs or the Olmecs. Mm -hmm. The
2: Olmecs, uh, The Olmecs were the forerunners. To the Aztecs and the Mayans and the Inca, and mostly Central America would have been Mayan, um, right. with a little overlap into Mexico with the Aztecs. So there, you know, it could it it could have been both, but um, I believe that Nicaragua was mostly Mayan.
1: Oh, okay. So it could have been some some Mayan spirits still roaming the lands, hunting.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> who, been, who knows? You, uh some people believe that the spanish are the ones who brought over the horses but they've actually tracked back to a thousand years before the spanish arrived here finding traces of horses uh uh bones and stuff and uh pictures that sort of thing uh, pictographs of uh, horses and the uh, natives riding them so somewhere between the time that uh, uh they disappeared up to the spanish arrived Mm-hmm. They lost all uh, knowledge of what horses were.
2: Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I I have no answers for mom's experience. Um, you know, I don't know if they could have been residual from horses the Spaniards brought over. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I just remember her telling me that story a number of times growing up about her haunting with the horses. Um, and mom had other experiences as well. And I think pretty much... Everybody on mom's side of the family had some sort of story, and I just kind of grew up listening to their stories. Um, my family wasn't the kind of family that said to me, your imaginary friends are in your head. It's your imagination. They just kind of went, oh, okay, yeah, you had a Well, listen, here I've got this story I can share with you, too. You know, and So I remember family coming over, and sometimes the topic would become, I had this interesting thing happen to me, and then everybody would start sharing their stories and and talking about them. And so it wasn't something that was kind of a taboo subject in my house and on either side. So on my dad's side of the family, um, people had their own experiences there. My grandmother um, was a water witch and she read tea leaves, she read palms, uh, she read tarot cards. Uh, from what I understand, her uh, her ability to find water was very, very good to the point where she had she just like never missed. If anybody wanted to sink a well, they'd come find her and say, I need, I need a well. You know, can you find water on my land for me? And she'd go out there with her little fork and stick and she'd walk around and say, okay, right here's where you want to dig. And she nailed it every single
1: time. Hmm. I don't know. The (laughs) The fork and stick were those kind of like dousing rods or? She used a branch. She just
2: used a forked wooden branch. She claimed that willow was the best wood to use because willow has a natural affinity. It looks for water. It grows by water. And so she would hold the forked end of the willow branch. And she said that she could feel it tug when she went over an area where there was water. I remember her trying to teach this to me when I was about, I think I was about 13 years old. And I don't have that ability. I can't find water. So I'm (laughs) out of luck if I'm ever lost in the desert.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of how our family was. Um, On our dad's side, it was not really discussed, but on our moms, definitely. And we would have company. And like you said, I can remember being like three or four years old, just sitting at her feet, listening to her tell these stories and just being fascinated um, by all of it. Um, So where did you take that from, you know, having these experiences yourself and take that into doing investigations for other people?
2: So when I was about 27 years old, um, there were two things that happened to me about that age. And that kind of put me on the path towards doing um, investigations and towards helping others. And the two things that happened were that, one, I happened to be at Pier 39 in San Francisco with a friend, and we were walking along, and there was like two um, gift shops And in the middle of the two gift shops was this really tall sort of a thin building that it looked like something out of harry potter or something sort of like stuck into this alleyway it wasn't very wide and it had a door and there was a sign next to the door that said aura photography and whatever price it was five or ten bucks or something for your photo and so i said i want to go try this and so we went upstairs and met a really nice lady and she had this chair that was set up um it was sort of this big wooden chair And it had a little metal plate on one of the arms. And so I was instructed to sit down in the chair and put my hands on the arms. And then she snapped a Polaroid of me to show my aura. And then she did my friend. And after she took our photos, she said, if you'd like, I can interpret your photos, your auras, based on the colors. And if you guys want me to do that, I can do that for you. And I said, sure, that that would be great. Go ahead. And so she looked at mine. Hang on a second. I've actually... Holding out, so sure. I like have it here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, let me show you. So, this is the photo she took of my aura. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And when she went to go interpret it, she said, Now you see all those colors, you've got mostly like reds and purples. Mm-hmm. And she said that those colors. Um, represent that you are very connected to the other side. And I hadn't said anything to her about this. And Mm -hmm. she said, you're so connected that you're literally like bombarded with, I don't know, ghosts, spiritual beings who are trying to reach out and contact you. And she said, the interesting thing about your aura is if you look around the edge of my body, normally there would be a space between the colors and your body. And she says, yours doesn't have that space yours is you know drawn tight and what you're doing is without realizing it you pull your aura tight around you like a cloak and you wear it sort of as a shield to kind of keep all the noise out from anything trying to come at you from the other side and she said so your job now is to learn how to let those defenses down she said you've had a lifetime of learning to throw those defenses up and you can put them up without even thinking and so I was kind of surprised by the things she had to say. Like I said, we had never, we hadn't talked about this prior to her taking my photo. And Mm -hmm. so she said, you know, you need to learn to drop those defenses and then that way you can control how they communicate with you or how they contact you. And then she went to go read my, my friends and his aura, I remember his was sort of like greens, I think. And she looked at his and said oh you're just a real nice guy and you're very down to earth and you're friendly and you're outgoing and people like you and he said is that it what about am i like her and she said nope not at all (laughs) and handed him back his photo (laughs) so around around that same time i ended up um a friend of mine found out that i did tarot card readings and so he asked me if i would do a reading for him and i said sure come on by sometime and so he did, and I did the reading for him. And when I was done reading his cards, he had asked me, you know, can you write down everything that you read in the cards? And I said, sure, I can do that. So I wrote everything down for him. And I handed him the paper. And wouldn't you know it, he whips out this other piece of paper from a pocket and says, you know, I had another reading done two weeks ago. Let's just see how well they match up. And I'm going, oh, I can't believe you just did that to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, okay, let's see. And so he pulls the other piece of paper out. And they were like, 80, 90% same. And did wow. we figured the difference. Yeah, we've kind of figured the difference between the two was simply because there had been like this two week time span between the readings. So maybe there were things that had happened, you know, that were kind of different or changed things up a little. But the majority of my reading was just like the reading he had had two weeks prior. And the best part was, is that the parts of the two readings that matched actually happened and came through for him. And so because of that, he introduced me to the lady who had done this other reading for him. And her name was Sylvia Thomas. And we became very good friends. And I used to hang out at her house a lot. And she was, I don't like to use this word a lot because there's some negative connotations with it. But she was one of the very few people that I've ever met that I could refer to as a true psychic. She had gifts. And so I used to do a lot of talking with her about this strange life I have, (laughs) this weird ability. And it was really nice because she validated that, no, you're not really a weirdo. You just, you know, you just sort of have this kind of this gift and you need to use it and learn how to use it. And so she taught me a few things on um, how to learn to open myself up, how to learn to protect myself, things that I should and shouldn't do. And I had um, a couple of interesting experiences with her as well. That you could kind of classify as paranormal, and she was a wonderful lady, and uh, we were friends for many, many years. And so, because of those two instances, that's when I got really curious about trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. I grew up watching science fiction and horror movies. My dad was into sci-fi; he had this huge library. I cut my teeth on science fiction books. My mom was into the scary movies; didn't like watching them by herself, so you know. Come here, kid. You're watching a movie with me. <laughs> Backfired on her. I love them. <laughs> and um, so, as a kid, I used to read ghost stories. And as I got older, I started reading more and more books towards that were geared towards research. And my research eventually led me to getting online with computers. Once computers kind of became part of our households, and getting on the computer, I started sort of looking around for ghost photos and started running into places where people would post about photos they took. And um, eventually that led me to a website that at the time, I know nobody's going to believe this because it's huge now. um, At the time that I discovered this website, it was only 10 pages and that was it. But the owner of that website did do photo analysis, and I had, by then, started hanging out in cemeteries and taking pictures and trying to capture things on film. And I thought I had captured something that I thought was interesting enough to send to him. And he took a look at my picture, and he said, were there any streetlights in that area? And I said, no, I don't remember any streetlights, you know, but I was there at night, and he says, do yourself a favor, go back during the day and just check to see if there's any streetlights. And so I did. And he was right. There were streetlights. And I learned about false orbs. (laughs) And that was sort of my first lesson. And so he and I sort of became friends. And eventually we met in Virginia City at the very first paranormal conference that Virginia City held. And once we met as friends, we actually started going out on investigations together because we found that we lived close enough that we could do this. And so eventually he asked me if I would be the manager on his message board for his website. And so I saw that as an opportunity to talk to other people that were having experiences like me and sort of share our experiences, learn from each other, and go from there.
1: Interesting. Huh. So speaking of photography, um, how did you get into using Curlian photography? And how has it helped you with your uh, investigating? Well, um, I don't
2: personally use any kind of curly in photography. The, the photo I showed you is the only one I've ever had. Oh, okay. um, and, I, and so I think just the fact that the lady who took the photo was able to kind of nail my, my whole paranormal situation just by looking at it, just sort of opened my eyes towards I need to find other people like me. <laughs> and. <laughs> And, and yes. kind of hang around those people and see what I can learn and what I can maybe share and teach others as well of the things that I've learned from my experiences.
1: Interesting. Um, I know Richard has always had that issue where he has never really oh. learned how to kind of control his gifts. So it just, if he opens himself up, it comes at him like a. I guess, in waves, so to speak. Yes. Um, so I know that's one thing he said. He either wishes he didn't have it or he wished he knew how to have it to where it wouldn't come at him so strongly.
0: I mean, the best Ooh. description uh, I can give you is Rodney McDowell in The the uh, uh, the haunt, uh, the Haunting of Hill House, I believe it is. Yeah, where good he movie. Opens, one of my favorites. He opens himself <laughs> for that five seconds and you can see the, the distortion on his face and he screams. That is what happens when I've uh, opened up myself uh, to any type of uh, situation like that.
2: Well, one of the things that I hope to do down the line is I would actually like to teach people classes on how to open themselves up and how to throw up defenses as well. It's kind of hard to do it um, just by talking or by posting on a message board. But I kind of feel that someday if I can do a conference or a class, I would certainly love to do that. Uh, I've, I've kind of learned over the years. I've had to sort of learn by myself. I can go to a cemetery and open myself up and it'll be like I'm standing with a crowd of people and all of them are sort of trying to yell at me at once and get my attention all at once. And it mm-hmm. is overwhelming. I mean, it's literally like a real crowd is yelling at you and you can't really tell what anybody's saying.
0: And you just want to go, wait, 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 just wanted a time for you. So, so I've kind of I learned to do that. Yeah. Right. You know, I've, I've gone into uh, graveyards, and I kind of even when I've got myself kind of shut down, I could still hear people, oh, he, he can see me, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, start waving towards me, you know. And it's, uh, my wife and I would go up to see uh, her uh, brother's grave, and uh, it's a much older gra- uh, graveyard, but still, it's people still being buried there. And, you know, it's, it's tragic, you know, uh, seeing, you know, a child uh, or a loved, uh, a loved one still, you know, walking around. And, you know, some people say, well, if you're in the graveyard, why should you be walking around? Huh? Some people don't know that uh, they're dead or where's the, uh, you yeah. know, uh, well, where the light
2: is. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I agree.
2: I agree. Sometimes they get lost or they get... To- they are confused. They're trying to figure out what happened to them. It's a process sometimes uh, that that it's almost like a grieving process, but it's on the other side where they're going, okay, now I'm dealing with death, and it's my own, and what happened? And they're trying to put things Woo! into perspective and figure out where they are and what they're doing and what they need to be next. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. You can hear the background, our, uh, <laughs> our excited... Oh, yeah. uh, uh, yes. uh audience is is enthralled by everything we're doing ladies <laughs> and gentlemen yes and the crowd is going wild Woo! yes i have a
1: i have a friend who well a couple of friends that host another podcast ghostly podcast and one of them's a skeptic and one of them is a believer Woo! and the skeptic is always like well if all these tragic incidents have happened here why would a ghost want to be there and it's like sometimes they don't realize that they're dead, or they're still, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And he's like, yeah, I just figure if they, you know, they'd rather haunt somewhere happier. <laughs> it's like, oh, gotta love if them. They're,
2: right? if they're stuck. Um, you know, they don't, they may not necessarily know that there's another place they can go. There's a lot of reasons why ghosts stay stuck here. And I kind of see our our world and the afterlife as sort of two different places, like almost like if you think of two different buildings and there's this alleyway between them, that alleyway is sort of the place where they get stuck between the worlds. And they mm-hmm. can wander up and down and kind of, you know, where do I go? What am I doing here? And they can get lost. And sometimes it does take a little bit of help um, to get them to cross over to the other side. Sometimes they don't want to go. If they're scared of going or if they're really attached to something here. They can be attached to a person, place, or thing, or they just may not be ready to go. They may not be accepting it. Um, The first house that I ever lived in that was haunted, the haunting was very, very benign. And when I was alone in the duplex, I would feel like it would almost feel like my grandmother was sitting in the living room, just kind of keeping me company and watching me putter around and do things. And I finally asked my first husband, you know, is is this place haunted? Because he had lived there before I did. And I said, is, is there a haunting here? And he goes, oh, are you picking it up? Um, yeah. <laughs> I said, here's what I'm feeling. And he said, well, that's real interesting that you say that. And I said, why is that? And he said, because the lady that lived here before us was a little old lady who apparently passed away in her sleep in the bedroom. And I went, oh, OK, well, that's what I'm picking up then. That it, it, Like I said, it feels like my grandma. And she was content to just sort of keep us company. And she there wasn't anything harmful or mean about her. And in fact, she kind of seemed to be trying to avoid being noticed so much as I just don't want to disturb anybody. I just want to kind of sit here and watch mm-hmm. this young couple as they're starting out. And I think it was kind of a something she could sort of hang around and reminisce about her own life. And I feel that when she was ready to go on, she would go on.
1: Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of like paranormal shows and stuff where they're like, oh, you must go into the light and you don't belong here anymore. And you know, it's almost like forcing the spirit. And I mean, I can understand if it's malevolent, but when it's a spirit who, like you said, is, is very quiet, very passive. And if they choose to stay, I'm like, just, just let them stay. They're not hurting anybody. They're happy when they're ready. They'll leave. Yeah.
2: And that's exactly what she was. She just wasn't ready to go on. So she wanted to kind of hang around and was very benign and didn't move things around the house. Didn't. There were no weird noises. You know, I've been in places where it, it it's so crazy, and there it sounds like somebody's shaking a box of rocks. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she was super quiet and super low key. And I told her at one point, I said, you know, you're very welcome to stay here, and you're welcome to stay as long as you want. You know, it was your home before it was mine. So, right. You. <laughs> yes. You
0: know, it, to me, it's uh, it's not like a bag of rocks, just like a bag of cereal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honest I mean I I can understand the uh the uh the bag of rocks thing. It's just to me it's always been like a bag of cereal where you <gasps> kind of shaking this is always there in your head. Yeah.
1: So what would be the best ghost hunt that you've ever been on? The best one I've ever been on? Oh gosh. Um <laughs> wow.
2: Um in terms of scariest or most things happened or um what, what, what are you
1: looking for like either the most um uh, the funnest time that you've had or like
0: no scariest time or the time that uh you don't know you kind of feel like you know the answer but at the same time the answer is not what you expect it to be
2: okay so is that a better question <laughs> yeah, sure. I think you guys have cleared it up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would have to say probably the most fun I've had was in Virginia City, Nevada, and it was during that first paranormal conference. That weekend was crazy. Had I, I had a ton of experiences there, and I was actually videotaped twice. This is back in the days of the old camcorders with a little flip-out screen, and um, uh. Two different people caught me on video having a paranormal experiences, two different ones. And I asked them both for copies of the tape and never got them. So I'm kind of a little bummed about that, but it was neat. But one of the fun things that we had is that there were several people in the group who were gifted with communicating with ghosts or contacting them. And so a group of us went up to the cemetery in Virginia City and we were sort of, you know, sort of opening ourselves up to whatever we could feel up there. And at one point I felt some energy and I said, oh, there's something with us. And another person was standing a little ways away from me over towards my right. And another one was sort of standing over here towards my left. So we kind of made this, we were sort of standing in this big triangle shape, like in in the corners. And it wasn't intentional. It just happened to be that way. And so I just sort of went, oh, I can feel some energy with me. Oh, it just left. And then somebody else, one of the other two people said, oh, it's with me now. And then they'd say, oh, it's gone. And then I'd say, oh, it's back with me. And so we kind of did this for about literally 10 minutes and there wasn't one single moment that two of us claimed, oh, it's with me at the same time. It was always just one of us, like whatever it was, was just kind of bouncing around back and forth and just you know, zipping between us and we could feel it and then it would go away like it was having fun, sort of playing a game of tag, I guess. <laughs>
1: Interesting. But that I saw nothing. <laughs> yes, is there any place that you would never investigate?
2: Um, probably not unless I felt really, um, really unsure going in. Like if I really felt that it wasn't, it wasn't safe, then I might not. Um, there was one place again in Virginia city the same weekend we were going into this cellar. Uh, Virginia City, you have to understand in the wintertime, the ground gets really hard, it freezes. And so back in the days of the old west, back in 1860s, 1880s, when the town was first built and occupied, if somebody passed away during the wintertime, they would put them in a cellar. And the Mm -hmm. cellar would be cold enough to keep the body until the springtime when the ground was warm enough that they could actually dig a hole in the cemetery and give them a proper burial and there was this one place that...
1: Did we freeze up? Hello. Did we lose you? Jackie? Wait just a moment. She's able to come back.
2: Hello. Hello.
1: We we can hear you now. (laughs) You froze up for a moment there. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Where did you lose me at? You were talking about going into the cellar um, right after you explained about how they would put the bodies down there.
2: Okay, so we were walking in there and mostly we wanted to go in just to take pictures and and do some recording because this is back, I think this was back around 2000. And so um, paranormal investigations were still sort of in their infancy. And so we kind of went in as a group and... I was able to walk in maybe 20 feet, and the the more I walked, the thicker the air felt. It just sort of felt like I was pushing against a, a balloon filled with air, and I just was getting sort of this resistance. And eventually, I got to the point where I just can't take another step. It feels like I'm up against a wall. And so everyone else kind of looked at me like, well, we're moving forward. What's wrong with you? Well, I can't. Sorry, there's something stopping me and so I said I'm just going to go hang out by the door and I'll wait for you guys they said okay so I hung out by the door just sort of waiting to see if anything you know anything if I picked up anything standing there but nobody really got anything other than what I felt going in that sort of prevented me from going further into the cellar interesting
1: just
0: didn't want you in there
2: yeah I guess so It didn't feel malevolent. It just felt like, like I said, it was like, you know, sort of pushing against a balloon that's got air in it. You just sort of felt that resistance. And so I just said, okay, fine.
1: Have you ever had any activity that seemed like it could be demonic?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Most of my experiences have been very benign or positive, I'll be honest. And probably like 90% of my experiences have. But there have been some experiences that were, you know, a little sketchy, a little scary. Um, and Ooh. I kind of have to wonder about those.
0: Yes, again, uh, there's a great, uh, wonderful uh, excitement of uh, <laughs> from the uh, from our audience members. So. <laughs>
1: yes, he's so, woohooing again. Uh, that's my okay.
2: We're
0: is, <laughs> My question to you is, you know, as being a a sidekick and someone's actually told you this place is, you know, is a, on the, the scary scale, a 10 and you go in there a couple of days doing the research, that sort of thing and find out it's not even a one. How do you go back and uh, tell the person that it's, uh, it's nothing, even though they're swearing up and down, there's something there.
2: Well, generally, um, I don't. Uh, if, I will try to always be as honest as I can. If I'm feeling something, I'll tell you what I'm feeling. If I'm not feeling something, I'll tell you that I'm not feeling anything. And so I, I, I try to go into investigations. I don't really want to know the story. I don't want to know the backstory because then that way I can kind of test myself and see if you know how right I on am I. And so if somebody is claiming they've got this really active haunting, and I go in there and I don't feel anything. Um, sometimes that can be attributed to uh, how can I put this? I kind of feel like having the ability to pick up on ghosts is sort of a two-way street. Like they can sense me as well as I can sense them. Like they know, know. Oh, here's somebody that can read us. Maybe we don't want to stick around. And sometimes they just might take off just because they don't want to deal. (laughs) And, (laughs) And other times it just could be that, you know, you have to kind of look at other influences and maybe the person is, has got some kind of a, an emotional issue that is causing them to see or hear things. Maybe they are, you know, have started taking a certain kind of medication that there's side effects to, you know, Um, there could be other reasons, um, but I, I definitely try to handle it with just a, I'm not really picking up on anything. If you'd like, we can reschedule for a different time. Or if you want to set up recording devices and try to catch anything that you can send us and we can check it out, then we can always set up another investigation after that. I don't want to get anybody angry, because you know, you're usually in somebody else's home and they're a stranger. <laughs> right. right. So you got to um, think about safety as well.
1: Right. Are you able to pick up things remotely, like remote viewing, or do you have to be physically present?
2: Um apparently I can pick up things remotely. Um, I've had two instances where I've picked up on on hauntings uh, literally across the country.
0: Oh, wow. And
2: so a friend of mine who unfortunately we lost him a few months ago, he wanted to work with me on developing my abilities. And he was one of the people that I was working with who we found out that I could do things remotely. Um, I was here, you know, in California and he was in Michigan. And, we were talking on Skype one night and he said, so my group is doing an investigation tomorrow night. What can you tell me about the haunting? And so we just started talking. And I said, well, the place you're going into, I'm feeling that there's two ghosts in there. And he said, okay, keep talking. And so we kept talking and I kind of zeroed in on one of the ghosts and I started giving him a physical description of this one ghost, whose name was Charles. And he said, wait, wait, before you go on, do you think you can sketch out what you're seeing or what you're picking up on? And I said, sure. Sure, I'll be happy to. And so I got a piece of paper and a pencil and started sketching out and this person, this image that I was seeing. And I kept describing Charles as I was talking and sketching him out. And so when I was finished with the sketch, I held it up and showed it to my friend, you know, over Skype. And I said, Well, here's what I've got. And he looked at it and he said, Hmm. And he said, Hmm. Well, Jackie, you nailed him. And I said, I did, and what are you talking about? And he said, well, I just happened to have with me a photograph of Charles that I went and dug up and I intentionally did not show it to you because I was testing you and I wanted to see if you could pick up on him. And he held the photo up and I about fell out of my chair. I was so surprised that my drawing was exactly the photo. It was dead on. And I even picked up characteristics that Charles had a high forehead he had um, I think a little bit of a widow's too He had a very thin mustache. And I had drawn him very much like the photo. And then David went ahead and told me, I also recorded you while we were doing this. So I have a recording of you doing this drawing and your response, uh, me showing you the photo. And he asked me if I could send him the drawing because he wanted to take it with him to the place where he was investigating, which turns out to be an inn. And from what I heard afterwards, he gave them the photo and they ended up framing it and hanging on hanging it on the wall. Oh, and wow. So I want to go to this inn. Yeah, it's on my bucket list to go to this inn and see my drawing <laughs> hanging on the wall. <laughs> that is awesome.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. And and so when we were talking as well, I said to him, Oh, by the way, make sure that none of your the people in your group wear any kind of cologne or perfume, because I don't know why, but for some reason I'm picking up lavender. And when they did the investigation the following night, he Skyped me and he said, you nailed it again. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, uh, two of my investigators went into a room and they smelled lavender.
1: Interesting. That is awesome. So I know you were a paramedic for a while. Um, Do you have any stories you'd like to tell us about any experiences you had during
2: that? Um, unfortunately, I never personally had any, any experiences that we could chalk up to paranormal during this time that I worked in EMS. However, because of working in EMS, I am definitely interested in stories that do happen in the 911 system. And so I do know a few stories that have happened and I'm especially, of course, interested in anything that happens in my home state mm-hmm. in California. Right. Um, so I do know there's one story that goes around um, that came out of Sacramento where the dispatchers there would get calls from a little old lady who who was kind of confused and she was waiting for her husband and she wanted her husband to help her and she would call them for help. And they would go out to the house and eventually after multiple calls, they kind of learned who she was and her situation. And so they would say to her, you know, your husband is with you and you're going to be okay. You know, you'll be fine. And so eventually they kind of didn't take her calls as seriously. Mm-hmm. And so finally it got to a point where she would call them and she would say, you know, help, help. I need help. I can't find my husband. And so the police went out to her house and discovered that she had passed Ooh. on, but she had made apparently multiple calls to them after she had passed on. Oh,
1: wow. And so
2: I guess once they discovered her, they, the phone call stopped in the 911 system.
1: I know there's a show on, I think it's Discovery, where it's like um, Paranormal Nine One One or something like that, where it has like different stories like that. I think that might be what it's called. But yeah. I know my I've se- seen a couple My episodes. stepmother
0: had to change her phone number because my dad would call her from the grave. Yeah, after cool.
1: after he passed away, she would get several calls from his number, and when she answered, all she could hear was static. So it, it kind of freaked oh. her out, so she changed her number.
2: Oh, that's too bad that it freaked her out. He was calling to check on her and say hello, I'm sure. I don't think so. Let her know. He
1: was
2: <laughs> oh, thank okay, yeah. Maybe you know him better than I do. <laughs> no,
0: yeah. it's just, uh, she, like I said, it was they uh, a funny thing they
2: because we will check in on What's that?
0: I said, it, it's kind of funny because, you know, uh, towards the end of his life, he was uh, not too happy, and you know, uh, just things were not going the way he planned. And when he had that uh, the that incident, uh, and he had a lot to uh, a lot to take uh, to resolve, I should say.
1: When he passed. Yeah. Okay. So.
0: I don't yes. uh, like I said, I think he wanted to contact her and reach out, uh, out, you know, say everything's okay, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. But uh, she's not somebody that, you know, not too kindly when it comes to the paranormal. Yeah. That's okay.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. okay. I mean, it's, it's not for everyone, and a lot of people don't understand it. It's kind of a, a young, in a way, it's kind of a young, I'm u- using this term loosely, science. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, you know, people wanting to contact spirits, it's as old as time, but it's not something that's really been taken seriously until like the last maybe hundred years. Mm-hmm. True. Um, so it's, it's kind of a science, again, I'm using that term loosely, that's still a little bit in its infancy and a lot of people don't understand it, uh, kind of the way, you know, some of us don't understand spiders and we don't want them around, but they're right. beneficial right. people, you know, they're little beneficial guys. Um, right so it's just to me it's just more of kind of a lack of information a lack of knowledge it's also there's a you know hollywood hasn't exactly done anything paranormal recent any kind of justice right (laughs) you know just watching a scary movie and you know we all don't want to leave our feet hanging over the edge of the bed at night mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly
1: yeah i'm one of those people that i have to be covered from head to toe because any part <laughs> hanging out i have this fear something's gonna grab it in the middle of the
0: night <laughs> yeah hey, my brother uh, you can up uh, my, my little bitty toe da, 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 like you know <laughs> but yeah um, so uh, my mom
2: passed um, my mom passed about six years ago and I recently was talking with my brother and he said, I keep having these dreams of mom. And I said, what, what, wait, tell me about these. And he said, uh, yeah, she, she, I've had three of them now where she's come to visit me and she hugs me and she's happy to see me. And, sh- and I said, oh, Paul, I said, how does she look? And he said, she looks really great. And I said, good. And he goes, she's really happy. And I said, Paul, those aren't dreams. She's visiting you. Um, she's really visiting you. And I'm, I'm more than a little jealous because I haven't had a visit yet. But they were very close. They had a really tight mother-son relationship. And so I asked him, what does she look like? And he said, oh, she looks like she did when we were like in high school and sort of in her 30s and 40s. Right. And um, and so I was I was just floored by this. I, I got really emotional actually when he told me about it. And I was so grateful to know that she's doing well and that she reached out to him or is reaching out
0: to him. Right. Well, and, uh, with my... Uh with my dad, going back to him, I'm sorry. Uh, I occasionally have visions of him having debates with my wife's brother. My wife's brother was a teacher, and uh, my dad always admired people with uh, knowledge, and he'd always... You know how dad would do when he get, uh, you know, when he's trying to make a point, he'd sit there and go like this Mm -hmm. on the table? Yeah. That's what uh, him and uh, my my wife's uh, brother uh, brother be doing, you know. Mm. Yeah.
1: I had a dream when my grandmother passed away. I was really close to her, but I wasn't able to go to the funeral because it was during um, finals cool. in high school. Yeah, it was my senior year during finals. So I didn't get to go to her, her funeral, but I remember having a dream where she came to me and... Oh. She came to say goodbye and she told me that no matter what anybody says, I love you and I'm proud of you. Um, shortly after that, my stepmom tried to tell me some awful things that my grandmother had said about me. So it's like I always knew that that was my grandmother's way of saying goodbye. And then my dad's cousin's wife passed away several years later, and we went to the funeral. And after the funeral, we walked into my great aunt's house, who was my grandmother's sister. And she was sitting on the couch. But when I walked in and I saw her, I didn't see her. I saw my grandmother. And I was like, oh, look, there's my Nana, which was my grandmother. And as it came out, it dawned on me, no, she's gone. And that's when I saw my aunt. But it was very strange because they don't look that much alike. But in that moment, I didn't see her. I saw my grandmother.
0: Yeah, and oh. the great aunts turned yes. up and says, yeah, uh, yes, Kimmy, <laughs> I can be your great grandma I can be your nana. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I came up and gave her a hug. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean we are sisters.
1: Yes. They that was uh, her little sister and or my great aunt was my grandmother's little sister and so yeah. For people who don't know, what is the difference between an intelligent and a residual haunting?
2: Um, a residual haunting, the best way to describe it is that one will interact with you and one won't. Um, an intelligent haunting is where you can, you know if you wanna do a question and answer session with a tape recorder, you can sit down and ask questions and wait for answers. Um, with a residual, that's more of an imprint. It's something that was imprinted and generally is caused by a great amount of trauma. Um, a good example would be the Battle of Gettysburg. You know, there's There were a lot of people who died there. They died in traumatic ways. You can go to any of the battlefields and there's, there's hauntings. There's plenty of stuff online where you can find photos and videos that people have taken in places like Devil's Den and such. Um, and that a lot of those that are recreated like that, it's like they're, it's almost like a, a movie scene being played over and over again. And the energy has literally just imprinted itself into the surrounding area. And for some reason that we still quite haven't figured out yet, it tends to play over and over. Um, there's there's research that shows that perhaps stones such as, or minerals such as quartz or limestone can help to, um, help to give these recordings so to speak the ability to materialize
0: kind of like a tape recorder where you're basically uh you've hit the record button and play at the same time as it records or even uh when you're uh uh saving a a program to your computer That's basically what what you're trying to say is that correct it's always uh, there?
2: Kind of. It's Yeah, it's kind of always there. It just plays. Something something makes it play, whether it's um, like a movie clip where you have a beginning and end and that's all you've got that's been saved. Um, and that would be kind of, kind of sums up what a residual would be. An intelligent haunting is something that's going to be more interactive. A, a poltergeist would be a good example of an intelligent haunting. You know, they're throwing things around, they're opening cabinets, you're hearing voices and knockings. Um, um, and a poltergeist isn't necessarily the only kind of an intelligent haunting you can have, even just a regular a ghost who's living in your house. You know, that's not a poltergeist. They want you to know they're there. They might knock on the wall. They might move things. You might hear voices. They may um, blink they at may you. They may try to move. What's that? I said they may blink at you. Yeah, something. But they're trying to get your attention for one reason or another, either just to let you know, hey, I'm here, or maybe they need your help. And that's for us to figure out through interacting with them. We do have have a
0: a question uh, up on on Facebook. Uh, (laughs) Someone has asked to use any type of equipment while you're on a ghost hunting expedition. Does the equipment affect any of your abilities?
2: Um, No, Um, uh, no and no. The only equipment I've ever usually used on an investigation is either a camera and I've tried tape recorders. Um, Meh, I haven't really had too much luck, (laughs) but with cameras I tend to have, I I do get pictures every once in a while. Um, I tend to think of myself as the equipment uh, because I open myself up to try to feel or sense what's in the area. But anybody can use any kind of equipment they want around me. And I'm fine with that. And I'm good with it mainly because the equipment might validate something that I'm sensing.
1: I know some people think, going back to the residual haunting, there's some people who think that it's not actually a true haunting. But it's more like you said energy stored. Um, Would you agree with that statement that it's not really a haunting? It's just more energy? Um, Actually, I kind
2: of feel like it can be both. Um, because it is there and it isn't something that's a physical thing in our everyday life. It's um, something that's ethereal, something corporeal. It's, it's not physical. So in a way, yes, it's a haunting because it is stuck there. It's just a different
1: kind of haunting. Interesting. So, um, you do have a Facebook group with a paranormal called Learn About Ghosts. Um, what is that about? If you could let our viewers know.
2: Um, pretty much just what it says. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down, let's talk about ghosts, let's share information, let's yeah. learn about them. Uh, there, to me, there are differences between ghosts and spirits. Uh, that's one of the biggest things that I'd like to teach people about with the experiences that I've had, I've learned that there are differences. There are things that ghosts can do that spirits aren't allowed to, maybe, or can't do, and vice versa. Um, there are signs to, to differentiate between ghosts and spirits. Um, the, best, the best description that I can give you of the difference between ghosts and spirits, and this is something I've been teaching for many years, and some of these guys are gonna be like, okay, let me just mute this because I've heard this a million times. <laughs> um, the differences are is that a spirit is a soul, that has left the body and it's actually made it through the light and into the afterlife and there we go through some sort of a process there's whether it's past life readings or something that we don't have all the answers to we become enlightened we don't have ties to the physical world when we leave our bodies there's there have been a lot of reports from people that have had near-death experiences that when their soul leaves the body, they release all negativity. So there is no anger. There's no pain. There's no sadness. Everything is about peace and love, literally. And they feel very good. And in a number of cases, they don't want to return to their bodies, even though they're told you need to go back. You have things to do and take care of. Ghosts, on the other hand, Ghosts are the souls that don't make it to the afterlife. They get stuck in that alleyway between the buildings for one reason or another. In some cases, it's because they are attached to a person, place, or thing. In other cases, it could be they're not ready to move on. They could be thinking, what happened? I'm too young. I'm No, wait a minute. (laughs) Wait. And they could be trying to figure it out and end up being stuck. They might be afraid to go on. Maybe there's, maybe due to, say a religious belief they might feel that maybe i didn't live a perfect life and i'm scared that if i go on i'm gonna go to you know hell or somewhere bad so there's a number of reasons but those for some reason don't go on and so they stay stuck a spirit is something that goes on ghosts the things that we experience with ghosts are different than the hauntings that we experience with spirits the first sign being is that spirits do not haunt. they don't haunt. they visit ghosts So a ghost is going to stay in your house. It's going to hang around. It's going to maybe either be looking for help or just looking for attention or just maybe they're just some sort of rat that wants to disrupt your life and create some havoc. A spirit is going to be a loved one or a friend who even though friends are also loved ones, who has traveled on to the afterlife and they're allowed to come and visit us for certain reasons. They can visit us to let us know they're okay. They can visit us to comfort us in times of trouble. They visit us for big occasions. They're here with us in spirit, so to speak, for weddings, for birthdays, for births, for deaths. They come around for things like that. They come around to warn us, to protect us. So there are certain positive aspects of visits from spirits that they're not going to be negative. Um, If you've got any negative things going on in your house, then odds are good that that's a ghost. Spirits just don't do that, at least not in my experience.
1: It's interesting you say that because I remember hearing long ago that difference of, you know, a ghost is somebody who hasn't passed on. And then a spirit is someone who has passed on and chooses to come back for whatever amount of time. And I remember reading it somewhere long ago and then I never heard that again. So I was like, did I imagine it? Is this something that just I came up with on my own? so it's interesting that you mentioned
0: that because uh share the same definition
1: yes <laughs> yeah i
2: i don't know if spirits like choose i think and i don't know this for certain but i kind of feel that just based on the experiences that i've had that spirits have a set of rules that they can visit us for certain reasons um, and generally good reasons so i kind of feel that my experiences i've had more
0: Ghost experiences than I've had spirit encounters. I think I've had more spirit encounters than I've had ghost experiences. You know. Now, well, that's good. <laughs> yes, it is good. And you were saying earlier about you know when someone uh, looked at your aura, uh, kind of covered uh, you're basically were purple that sort of thing. You show the picture. I don't really read orders or anything like that, but I do see sort of a purple haze around you. And I'm not kidding. So, and (laughs) I mean, like I said, it's it's nothing. uh, I'm just like, I'm checking each of the, uh, 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 you know, a couple of the, uh, monitoring a couple of the places we're showing it and just on. On the one, on the main one, I do see a very light purple haze around you.
2: Oh, thank you. Uh, That's so. neat to know. Thank you. I don't
0: have that gift. I can't see auras around people. I normally don't either. So <laughs> it just struck me, you know, just like, okay, she's got sort of a purple haze around her. Let me check the other <laughs> uh, uh, sites. No, no purple haze there. No, no purple haze there. You know. <laughs> so I just wanted to bring that. Up. I'm so sorry. If,
2: Oh, no, I think that's actually kind of neat. Thank you. It's nice to know that.
0: (laughs) That's okay. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it's the first time you've ever heard me do uh, a oral reading, and it just came out.
2: (laughs) Well, I feel honored then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I remember uh, me and my best friend when we were kids, we were, again, obsessed with paranormal, and she had some of those... uh, Time Life Books, I don't know if you remember those where they had like the and there was one and it talked about auras and it said supposedly if you go into a completely dark room with no light and press your hand against the wall for so long that when you released it you could see your, your handprint would be your aura color Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to, to yes. try that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know we tried it and it didn't work for us, but I always remember that. And then I've looked in other places to see if I could find that again. And I haven't been able to find that, quote unquote, ability again. So,
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's really interesting because speaking of the color purple, um, mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier that I had met a lady named Sylvia Thomas, who I refer to as a true psychic. And we had some interesting experiences when we were together mm-hmm. at her house. And one of the experiences was I went to go visit her one day and she had this big, beautiful glass cabinet with crystals and crystal balls in it and it's gorgeous, gorgeous display. And I walked in and she had purchased a new crystal ball and it was, I don't know, maybe about yay big, I guess. It wasn't really, really big. And it was sitting on a stand in her, on her shelf in her little cabinet. And it was the prettiest kind of the sky blue color. And I noticed it right away. And so I asked her about it. And and I said, oh, you've got a new crystal ball? And she said, yeah. And um, I said, well, can I pick it up? Can I touch it and check it out? And she said, yeah, sure. Go ahead, help yourself. And I opened the cabinet and pulled it out. And I was sitting there sort of playing with it. And while I was playing with it, the color shifted and it went from blue to sort of a light, like a lavender purple. And I went, oh, it changed colors. Was it supposed to do this? And she looked up and she said, what? And I said, look, it changed colors. And I pulled it up and she said, how did you do that? And I said, I don't know, I was just playing with it. She said, let me see that. And I handed it back to her and she played with it for about a minute or two and it shifted back to this blue color. And she looked at it and kind of, "Mm," and then she said, here, play with it some more. And I played with it again and it went back to this purple color. And she kind of looked at that and I said, what's wrong? And she said, I don't know what's going on. And then she said, can I see that again? And I said, sure. And I gave it to her and sure enough, after a minute or two, it went back to blue. And she said, here. And I took it back and it shifted back to purple. And she said, do me a favor, put that back in the cabinet. I bought it because it was that beautiful purple color. But then I started playing with it and it turned blue and I couldn't get it back to go purple. So I'm not touching <laughs> it anymore. <laughs> so I put it back in the cabinet and took it in. Interesting. I don't know, you know, I don't know that it was me making it change colors, but pretty sure she was.
1: <laughs> yes. Shelly's asking, if you take a Carillion picture of a leaf and then tear off a part of it, and then take another picture, will it show the leaf as being whole?
2: Yes. Yes. Um, There are photos out there and you can actually Google Curlian photography and you can come up with a lot of different images. I've got some saved somewhere that I thought were really beautiful. And you can, um, in essence, cut a leaf, take a picture of it, you'll see the leaf with its aura around it. And if you cut the leaf in half and take another photo, the full leaf shape will still be there in the aura. And from what I understand, when when curling photography is done with amputees, generally the aura will show, like if they have a missing finger, it'll, it'll be an outline. I haven't seen any photos like this, but I've heard it the same right. way with people.
1: Interesting. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, now I'm going to have to, too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what's next for you in the paranormal? I know you said that you wanted to, like, teach some classes or a seminar, what do you see down the road for you?
2: Um, those, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am playing with the idea of starting a YouTube channel for Learn About Ghosts, um, and hopefully doing a like a little weekly blurb once a week. Um, you know, just something, I don't know, just something along those lines. I'd kind of like to get back into it, um, into working with the public when i was running the message board way back yeah, almost 25 years ago um mm-hmm. i met a lot of really neat people and a lot of great friends were made a lot of great friendships mm-hmm. were made then and when my partner and i went our separate ways we kind of disagreed on the direction to take the website he kind of wanted to go in the direction of of investigating demons and i really didn't want to go that way i just wasn't comfortable with it and so we kind of just said well okay you want to go your way i'm going to go my way and we can each do our own thing um i lost contact with a lot of people during that time and i kind of went over to myspace and was hanging out there because that was the place to go at the time
1: right and after
2: a few, <laughs> and after a few <laughs> years i received a message from somebody who reached out and said Hey, I'm sorry to bother you, but are you so and so from such and such website? And I went, Wow, that oh, yeah, actually I am. And they got really excited and said, Oh my gosh, you know, we there's a bunch of us who've been looking for you for a long time and I can't wait to tell these people. And so they told people and people reached out to me and I guess they started telling other people that they were in contact with. And now I kind of feel like it's come full circle. And a lot of those people that were on that message board are, are now back in my circle of friends and I'm in touch with a lot of them. And so I, I, I'm humbled by that. I'm, I'm humbled <laughs> that people wanted to find me. I don't know why, but I'm humbled by their, their search and I'm grateful and I appreciate that they went to such lengths to try to find me. So I kind of feel that I owe them something Mm -hmm. whatever it was they saw in me, I owe them something. And so I kind of want to give back to my community that way. So I do want to expand on learn about ghosts. I do want to get myself out there a little bit more. I would like to go back to helping people with their hauntings. If you want to write to me, if you have questions, um, if you want to learn how to use your abilities, how to build your abilities, I just want to share what I've learned. I, I kind of feel that there's a reason I started having paranormal experiences from the time I was very young, and maybe it is to put whatever I've learned out there to
0: help others. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I always tell um, my brother is he was given his gift for a reason.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Call it my gift. <laughs> I,
2: know, and, I call it a curse sometimes, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I've always felt because he's always been a very compassionate person. I mean, he's my best friend not only my brother, and he's got such a good heart, and I feel like he wasn't just given this ability just to sit there on it. I believe that, you know, it's in him to help people to resolve different things, whether it's to say goodbye to somebody or deal with whatever issues they have, and so I've always tried to encourage him, but
0: no, <laughs> yeah, like I said, yeah, that may be it, but I see a lot of charlatans on TV or people that use their gift more uh, to make money off of it as opposed to actually helping people.
2: This is why I tend to shy away from the word psychic because it has been so associated with, you know, the 1-800-call-me-now psychics. Um, Right.
0: uh, And so... So call so me now, man. I tell your future. No, he he, he, he rocked your world, but he rocked somebody else's too. And That's I've why I to... always
1: say gifted because like my mother, she, I guess she could consider a psychic because she has telepathy. She has remote viewing. She has mediumship. I mean, like you said, she, but I've always said she's gifted, not a psychic because like you said, there's such a, bad condemnation with the word psychic these days
2: yeah i like the word gifted and um my uncle did uh paranormal research at stanford university back in the late 60s and he worked with people like gene dixon and uri geller and i remember him telling me over and over again gene dixon is the real deal she is absolutely she has been tested and boy she is the real deal and i was like well what about uri geller no oh, he's so fake. no <laughs> oh, he is <laughs> And, and they actually were able to figure out how he, you know, bent uh, spoons and such. Um, but I remember my uncle telling me, "Boy, I would just, I would love to test you." And and he said, um, "So can you like read minds?" And I said, "Oh no, no. If I could read minds, I'd still be married. So no, I can't <laughs> read minds.
0: Don't that no, I can't yeah. read minds either, and I don't want to read minds."
1: Oh no, my mother, she could always read my mind, so I always could never mind. Her She could always tell me we were lying because she could literally read our mind. Um, She can read my husband's mind and she can read her husband's mind. And so it was always interesting growing up. because, Like you said, we can never lie to her because she just knew it. Um, Yeah. And there would be times when I was thinking about, oh, I need to go ask my mom this question. And she would come in my room and she'd be like, did you call me? I was like, I was (laughs) just about to. She's like, oh, what do you need? (laughs)
2: Now That's interesting because when my son was younger, um, so w- when I was living in this house that I, I had owned at the time, and we, the house was, there was a cemetery like five blocks away from us in one direction and another one like four blocks away in the other direction. And these were city cemeteries. And I used to joke that things were, you know, they would take walks in the neighborhood sometimes and come through the house. But for a while, um, this went on for a number of months my son and I would hear each other calling. So he could be like out in the living room, watching TV. Cause he was, you know, maybe eight, eight-ish around that age. And I'd be in my room on the computer doing something or maybe I'd be painting in my art room or something. And Richard would come walking in and he'd say, yeah, mom, did you call me? And I'd look at him and go, no, I didn't call you, but I heard you, I heard you loud and clear mom. And I'd say, no, honey, I didn't call you, but I heard you, were you sure? yes sweetie I'm sure and he'd go okay and he'd go back out to what he was doing and it could be a little while later on the same day or it could be a few days later or a week later and I would hear him call me loud and clear and a mother knows the sound of their child's voice Mm -hmm. and so I'd get up and I'd go out to where he was and I'd say yes sweetie did you call me and he'd look up at me like what no I didn't call you what are you talking about and this happened a number of times and so you know Don't know where that came from, but sometimes you just hear things. Yes,
1: a trickster trickster walking through trying to play a joke or something.
2: (laughs) Something, something, who knows, something playing with us.
1: So, yeah. um, But going back to like you were saying about the message board that you're part of, it's very interesting how people can become friends, even though they've never met each other in real life but just that Mm -hmm. connection of of like hearing each other's stories and commenting on them. And you, you do become actual friends. Yeah. And it's just so wonderful. Like you said, even though that word is no longer that people have reached out to you and said, Hey, do you remember me from so-and-so I was so-and-so and, (laughs) And, you know, and and carrying on those conversations, but in a new space. Um, And that's why I love that you created Learn about ghosts is so that people can continue to carry on those those stories and share that get people's thoughts and opinions and that it's a safe space where they can do so without having to worry about oh well what if they judge me what if they say that I'm you know a con or that I'm stupid for believing this and
2: well that's exactly what I kind of want to create is some place that's safe for people where they can talk about their experiences. Um, I don't want I mean, I know as a kid, like I said, I felt like everybody's family was like mine. This is just normal. You know, we all do this. And I think about junior high school, I kind of realized, oh, um, no, you're a freak. <laughs> <laughs> and this doesn't happen in other people's families
0: or and you're so, psychic. Great. Could you tell me what I'm uh, what my fortune is?
2: Yeah, no, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to.
0: Oh, come on. Why? I don't believe you.
2: Well, okay. no, right. I've, I've had some real interesting experiences with tarot card readings where I've, I've nailed things. Like I said, I mentioned the one friend who had, I did a reading for, and then he whipped out a piece of paper from the reading he had two weeks prior. Um, one of my most fun readings I ever did, <laughs> this, was, this was kind of funny. So when I do tarot card readings, I'm not just looking at the cards. I'm also opening up and seeing if I can pick up anything surrounding the person that I'm reading for. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. I do pick up stuff. And so there was this one, um, it was like a Halloween craft fair or something in town. And so I had reached out to them about doing tarot card readings because it was Halloween. And they Mm -hmm. were, oh yeah, sure, that would be great. We'll set you up with a booth. So I rented a booth, I brought my cards, I sat down, I put up my little sign and I had a few people come in and I was doing readings. And this gentleman sat down and he said, okay, do my reading. Mm -hmm. and so I laid out the cards for him and I started doing the reading and I got kind of stuck where I kept I couldn't pinpoint uh, there was a significant other a woman in his life and I kept bouncing back and forth between you know whether was she his wife or was she his girlfriend I couldn't figure out exactly where she was in his life what what her position was you know Mm -hmm. and so if I tried to focus on, okay, is it his wife and trying to kind of get validation, it would shift back over to girlfriend. And then if I went, okay, maybe this is his girlfriend. No, now we're shifting back over to wife. And I couldn't quite settle on it. And then I couldn't figure out if she was a blonde or a brunette because both of those were bouncing around in my head. And finally, I just got so frustrated. I handed him his money back and I said, sir, I'm sorry. I'm having such a hard time reading you. And I told him exactly what it was. I said, I can't settle on whether your significant other is your wife or your girlfriend or whether she's blonde or brunette. And so I feel like I'm, for some reason, I can't do this reading for you. And I don't feel that it's fair to charge you for a reading I can't give you. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And he sat there and just looked at me for about a minute. And then he slid the money back across to me and he said, keep it. You're better than you thought. My wife is brunette. My girlfriend's blonde. And he got (gasps) up and walked away.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. my god. Oh, That's That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: so do you have any other questions or any comments for
0: No, I I'm, I'm just uh fascinated by uh you know I'd love to have her back on again to just dis- uh, discuss uh more of this. You know, it, it is a fascinating uh topic and she is a very fascinating person and again like i said the first you. time i've ever seen anybody's aura it was just i didn't know whether it's the shadows or the light so i popped into the different uh uh web pages that were uh monitoring and it was just that one you know just seeing the uh, all three of them actually had that purple uh that you around you
2: no well, thank you well, <laughs> that's nice to know <laughs> I don't get too many readings for me. I usually end up doing readings for others. So that's kind really of nice when you're on the receiving end.
0: <laughs> yes. So, uh, where can we, uh, can, uh, can everybody find you at uh, Learn About Ghosts or do you have another mm-hmm. uh, uh, space that you'd like to promote?
2: Um, no, basically that's it. Right now I'm just online on Facebook. Um, I've toyed with the idea of doing a website. I just don't have time for it, but I do own the domain name. So, there's that. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, got, uh, 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 I can offer you uh, a wonderful web m- mistress that can help you get that uh, website up and running when you're ready.
2: Yeah. Okay. I just might take you up on that. Yeah, because I, I kind of would like to get out there. I kind of feel like maybe the time has come to um, really reach out and help people in in the way that I feel that I was meant to do. And mm. um, not going to do it just sitting here playing solitaire, you know?
1: <laughs> right. No, I get that. I actually had a, um, a friend of, new friend of mine. She's a, a life coach, but she incorporates astrology into her readings. And her whole coaching is about, you know, finding your true self. And it's very interesting because she did a, um, a reading for me on Friday. And it was very interesting because she said that, according to my chart, I'm super intuitive. And a lot of the things that she was touching on are like, you know, different things that I've experienced throughout my life and stuff. And she's like, I would definitely, because she get, sent me some some uh, some form to go through to help hone in on my intuition so that I can use it. Because she's like, your intuition is a key part in your business and how you're going to do your business. So she sent me something on how to tune in it. She's like, but I can tell you, your intu- intuition is very strong. So I suggest guard, um, ground yourself before you get started, because when it opens up, it's going to just really open up. I
0: was like, OK. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. My feeling is that everybody has some sort of ability. They just need to develop it. Unfortunately, too many people are raised with, oh, your imaginary friend is just that. It's your imagination. There's, they're not real. It's all in your head. And so a lot of people, you know, from a very young age kind of get these messages that it makes them, I think, kind of either become non-believers or maybe close off to their abilities or bury them inside. And again, that's one of the things that I would like to help people to do is to develop their abilities um, mm-hmm. and and just sort of, you know, educate them that you can do this. Anybody can do this. You can, you know, ghosts... Um, I like to say that ghosts were people too. And when we, when we die and our soul leaves our bodies, our personalities go with us. um, But only to Mm -hmm. a certain point with a ghost, we are going to keep any of the negative emotions that we all have, you know, the jealousies, the angers, the the emotions Mm -hmm. like that sadness, depression, those can stick with a ghost. Spirits release all that once they cross over into the other side. So you're not going to have any Um, any spiritual visits where any negativity should be coming in with them because it just doesn't they don't have it anymore Um, but I do I would like to help people to learn to use their abilities to help them understand their hauntings Um, paranormal research is still in a very young stage and there's so much more that we can learn and one of the things I've said for many many years it's kind of my motto and my motto I use for learn about ghosts is in sharing we learn So when we Mm -hmm. share our experiences, we can put those together like clues and sort of learn to see a bigger picture.
1: Do you believe in like ghosts or spirits that have never been in human form, such as like elementals and those sort of things?
2: I think that there's a basis of truth in every myth. And it could be that, you know, I do have a pretty strong Scottish ancestry on dad's side and Mm -hmm. a lot of stories have come down. Um, I know that my grandmother and my grandfather both on my dad's side have um, UFO experiences. So, you know, there can be other life forms out there. So why not other spirit forms? I think we should be open-minded to try to find answers, but I don't feel that we should just accept everything at face value without researching it and eliminating anything that could be caused by something natural.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's uh the philosophy I live of my life. Yes. Yeah, yes, it's that's... good
1: to be skeptic,
2: but not too skeptic, and it's good to be a believer, but not too much not of a true believer. believer.
0: Yes, yes. exactly. The only thing I truly believe in, and it's the heart and core of my soul, is that you know oh, there God. is uh there is a God, and He loves us. Mm-hmm.
2: There's yes, definitely I, something bigger than us. I know that.
1: <laughs> yes. I, that's something I definitely believe in too, is there is something greater of, um, that we come from. I am not one to believe that. it just the molecules exploded and we're here. I definitely believe there is a grand design, whether it be what we call God or the universe or something, but there is some intelligent force behind all of us right. in my belief.
2: There's definitely more than meets the eye. I remember when I was a young girl, um, a friend of mine's dad, it was my stepdad's best friend, in fact, he was fond of saying, no, nope, aliens are real, UFOs are real, We're just an experiment that they're doing in a petri dish, and and that's it. And I they come and check on us every once in a while. So, you know, there's <laughs> there's some interesting philosophies out there and points of view. And um, yes. one of my goals also is that I would like to meet all of I, w- I would like to travel and meet all of you and do paranormal yes. investigations with you in your hometowns. I've been fortunate enough to meet two of my online friends. One came out to California and we did the Winchester <laughs> Mystery together. And then I met up with another friend with Terry who might be watching tonight. And she and I met in Kentucky at Waverly Hills and spent the night in Waverly Hills doing an investigation there. And we've had a blast yes. it was so much fun.
1: Oh my <laughs>
0: goodness. That is amazing. So, it was great. Yeah. I'd love to go back. Yeah, that's. Have, I'm I'm living here in Roswell, so we're more or less a <laughs> UFO community. So, yes, yeah, we that's- can always go out to uh, the old uh, airfield and see if we can, uh, or even the uh, the ranch I found, see if we can find some alien ghosts. How about that?
2: I would I would love to yes. go to Roswell. My brother has been to Roswell like five times, and he's really into UFO ufology, um, especially when he was mm-hmm. younger. Um, but he went out there and he actually interviewed people that remembered the crash. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it in 1947 when the UFO crashed yes, out ma'am. there? Mm-hmm. And he has interviewed a number of people and friends of friends that, you know, Ooh. people that need people that witnesses. <laughs> and well, he was really fascinated by it.
0: They have. This is where the International UFO Ooh. Museum is located. And uh, downtown has just basically. Every other store is a gift shop uh, dealing with uh, selling alien merchandise.
2: Oh, yes. I believe that. <laughs> yeah. I know a
0: uh, friend of mine that I hadn't seen in about 30 years came up to Roswell uh, mm-hmm. with her husband. And first thing we wanted to go do is go over to the UFO Museum and hang out. Yes.
1: <laughs> I know somebody had told me that. In Albuquerque, if you go to Old Town Albuquerque, there's a lot of interesting hauntings and interesting places to check out. So that's on my bucket list. I would love to tour and just check out all the haunted places and locations. Well, we and, both
0: know that uh, in Lincoln, you know, there's a haunting in Lincoln County. Yes. Yes. I could like tell the, them a story about that.
1: We went to, we to Riodosa to visit my grandmother back when I was in, I think, junior high. Um, and we stopped at the Billy the Kid, the old jail where they had kept Billy the Kid in Lincoln County, and now it's like a museum. Uh As we we were walking in, he tripped over a stone that was there, and he's like, oh, sorry. um." No,
0: it's, oh, hello, Bob.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, hello, Bob. And I'm like, who are you talking to? And he's like, oh, Bob, and I'm like, Okay, so I look down and I see the the stone and it said, like, you know, in memory of Robert, whatever his last name was. And so we go through the museum and everything. And then several years later, we're watching this show called Dead Famous with um, Mm -hmm. Gail and and Gail Porter. Yes. And they were at there at that old jail doing an investigation. And they talked about the guard, Robert, whatever his last name was.
0: Everybody and, called him Bob,
1: and everybody called him Bob, and, um, and that he was killed there, and he's known to haunt the area. So I looked at him, and I didn't like reference the event when we were there or anything. I just looked at him, and I said, "So you really saw him, didn't you?" And he knew exactly what I was talking about, and he's like, "Yep, yeah, I saw him." I was like, "Oh, interesting." <laughs>
2: That's neat. That's really neat. Yes. Yeah, there's a number of places that I want to hit on my bucket list um, where I'd love to go do investigations and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a long list. <laughs>
1: yeah, My mother, um, at one time, she had a really bad ac- car accident but before the accident, our plan was we were going to, s- to start in the U.S. and tour all 50 states checking out all the like famous hauntings and investigate and then we were going to go over to Europe and do it there and see all the old castles so
2: oh that's uh, fun that's you know, so, so I'm fun still yeah, holding I'd on like to that do, um, vlad the impaler's castle i'd like to do yes. that
1: <laughs> yes that would be
2: interesting to see what kind of energy i can pick up on i get a little worried sometimes though because there, you know the whole forest of stakes that he had i just kind of wonder why wow, how much energy is left there you
1: know? oh yeah definitely an interesting place to check out and we've been going for about an hour and a half. And this has been a wonderful conversation. Sorry there's, about. Just, there's nothing to be sorry about. This has been a wonderful conversation. And we'd love to have you back um, well, and thank continue you. this. And thank you. Thank you. I'd love to do that. Yes. And then next week, we are going to be talking about vampires around the world. So You're that's coming going to be little-
0: out <laughs> around the world, usually right before midnight air.
1: <laughs> yes. So that's going to be an interesting one. Um, but you can find us at on Sunday at 930 Eastern, 830, 830 Central,
0: Central, 730 7- Mountain and 630 Pacific.
1: Yes. And again, Jackie, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a wonderful, wonderful discussion. And I do look forward to meeting you in person and checking out some (laughs) investigations. Um, If you've never been to San Antonio, Texas, it's a great historical place.
2: I have actually, I've been down there. I've been down to the Alamo and I love the River Walk. It's absolutely beautiful down there. And I'd love to go back and
0: see it. Um, yeah, I, appreciate I wish sometimes some I'd be mean enough to take a picture inside the uh, uh, the entranceway right before you go in because there is so much activity.
1: Is this at the Alamo or?
0: Yes, at the Alamo, right in that first area. And It is just so quiet. It is. Uh, uh, you can just feel. I know. I know. Uh, is that there. the
1: um, is that the picture you have behind you tonight? Is the Alamo?
0: Yes, that is the that's the wall of the Alamo. Yes,
1: well, definitely a, a great place to check out. Um, also, the Black Swan Inn, um, Manger Hotel. I mean, so many wonderful places that we can go and explore and investigate. So I, I definitely
0: uh, take her to mom's house.
1: <laughs> yes, we'll <laughs> take you and introduce you to my mom. <laughs>
0: That sounds good yes. to me. I'm yeah, always up uh, for meeting new people and making new friends. Well, yeah. the place is haunted. I'm sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So I don't know if she attracts spirits or she just happens to move into places. Our,
0: spir- our spirits attract her.
1: Yes. But everywhere that we've ever lived has had a spirit in there. So
0: That's cool. That's
2: very cool. I would love to meet her. <laughs> Put yes. her on my list too. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. And so thank you again. I appreciate again. you
2: guys having me on. Thank you so much. It's been Woo. a pleasure and an honor. And um, I'm grateful. I'd love
0: to do it again. Sounds We're good. grateful to have you again. Yes. <laughs> thank you.
1: Thank you. And have a good night, everyone, and sweet dreams
0: and unpleasant nightmares.
1: <laughs> good night, everyone.
0: Good night.